Welcome to the Design Imposter Podcast, where we unravel the enigmatic realm of imposter syndrome. My name's Monique Jenkins. And I'm Jessica Vallis. We're two agency owners who've boldly faced the reality of imposter syndrome. We'll share relatable stories and practical insights that empower designers and business owners just like you. Together, we'll help you conquer self-doubt and unleash your true potential. Get ready to unveil your true brilliance. Welcome to Design Imposter. Welcome, designers and business owners, to another important episode of the Design Imposter podcast. Today, we are sharing ways to keep your business branded and how to stay on brand without using expensive design programs or subscriptions. As you might remember, in episode 12, Monique and I decided to form our own design agency, and we've settled on a name. Evan, this is when you add like the yeah the drum rolls and stuff like that. Our new name is going to be the Creative Circle Company Co. <laughs> Company Co. <laughs> uh, you know, we got to figure that out, too, because I think when we do the, uh, when we pick, um, when we pick like LLC or S Corp or something like that, S Corp specifically, you have to pick company okay. at the end well, of it. So it can't well, be company, company. Yeah, well, we'll just abbreviate the, 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 the official name is Co. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's pretty exciting. Uh, and we will talk about like picking the name and everything later on because that was that was an experience um and i'll we'll talk about yes. that a little bit further down but um as we discuss ways to stay on brand i thought it would be good if we used examples of our new company so people can follow along um because we have not taken these steps with the creative circle co and they can do these with their company as well uh this is going to be a learning experience for me because i am one of those designers who does not use free tools i don't use canva i don't use none of it i just be building assets from scratch i usually get into a rhythm with it and then i just like do a bunch of them uh i i try to plan out like three months of graphics at one time i have a problem uh but (laughs) but having some easier or more convenient tools will definitely yeah and the reason i want to stay with free is because there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are just starting out and I get that resources are limited or if you're like me or Monique you pay for the subscription and then you're like this is garbage or um I signed up for something it was like seven days like seven days free and then after the seven days I didn't even get to try it those seven days like I thought I was gonna have time and next thing you know I'm like oh that was six hundred dollars yep so um yeah. yeah so these are free for a reason and if you really like them then you can go ahead and, and pay for the subscription um before we jump in just remember a brand is a product service or concept that is publicly distinguished from other products services or concepts so that it can be easily communicated and marketed a brand is how a company differentiates itself from its peer brands Branding is the process of creating and disseminating the brand name, its qualities, and personality. It's the feel a product or service gives you without having the product in your hand. And it's not your logo. (laughs) Your brand is not your logo. So one of the best ways to make that amazing first impression is to have a unique website URL. And um, when Monique and I were choosing the Creative Circle Co., or we're going to call it CCC for short, uh, when we were picking a URL for CCC, we had a Google file with like a hundred different potential company names. And if that URL was not available, I d- we were like, nope, 
we're not doing that name. I'm not, we're not doing hyphens. We're not doing numbers. It's got to be unique. Um, and then once you have that URL, book up Google or whichever other program or, you know, email provider you're using and have an email address associated with that URL. Off maybe $10 a month. But I personally disregard emails that come from Gmail or iCloud. So if I see um, the Creative Circle Co. at gmail.com, I'm going to be like, what What agency is this? What company is this? So um, now that we have the URL, I'll probably be connecting it to Google and saying like, hello at the Creative Circle Co.com. And then eventually it'll be Monique at CCC and Jessica at CCC. And it just gives that level, level of professionalism. Um, and you want your brand to feel professional. You don't want to make it seem, I don't want to say cheap, but you need to commit to it. $10 a month for your mm-hmm. company is not that much. Yeah. Uh, th- there becomes a point, in, I think, in your business where you have to decide, um, like, how legitimized do you want to seem? Because uh, I-, I like to think, or at least I know, there are a lot of businesses out there that are small, but small doesn't mean non-profitable, and it doesn't mean that you don't bring in a lot of money. So some few, some few small investments into your business will overall help people to associate your branding with something that is whatever you want it to be. And certainly our adjective for now here. Yeah. The next step is now that you have this professional email, it, you need to pair it with that email signature. Um, so you don't want to just have text at the bottom that says, sincerely, Jessica Vallis. And then, I mean, maybe you can just have sincerely Jessica Vallis. But then after that, you want to have Jessica at CCC, the phone number, maybe the URL. But there is a free signature program uh, with HubSpot. And you can just Google HubSpot email signature generator. And you pretty much you put in your brand colors, your information, your CTAs. It gives you an option to add your logo as well as your profile picture. So you can have those in your email signatures. I think it just adds a personal touch so you can see who you're working with, especially as a creative. Um, I think we can get away with that. Maybe if you're like a CPA or something, you don't necessarily want your headshot in there. It doesn't really hold any relevance to your business. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Um, But I always like to include my headshot. Anytime that I update my headshot, I can just swap out the URL for it. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I um I I do like being able to see like who I'm communicating with cuz email can feel so impersonal at times. Um I will say though, funny story, um it was a couple years ago. I had not gotten headshots done and I've been using this headshot from when I was like <laughs> Junior <laughs> Jenkins over here from when I was 19. <laughs> That's my younger self, Junior Jenkins. Back in my junior Jenkins place, I, I did a photo shoot with this guy that I was like talking to or whatever. And um, I've been using that headshot for the past 10 years. And one of our clients was like, uh, there were a referral from another uh, company who did not have the bandwidth to work with them. And um, they were like, oh, yeah. One of the reasons why I was... I had decided not to work with your organization is because I thought you were in high school because I had a like vest on like a black vest and they were like it looked like you were wearing I remember like you were just graduating (laughs) from high school and I was like "Uh, okay 
uh that's i was like wow i didn't realize that that picture like relayed so much like underlining context uh that someone would decide that i wasn't worthy of working on their project because of that we ultimately ended up working together we're great friends uh now but i like she she was like can i give you a piece of advice that i want you to take offense to it so she did it in a very sweet way um but i didn't realize that people were even paying attention to that image like it was just like something to put there because I just wanted my face to be out there and my business is specifically or was specifically about working with uh creators who are African-American and I wanted to be able to show that I'm a part of that you know demographic and it just never it really never dawned on me but after that circumstance I added uh my updated headshots to the email signature and it came across so much better um so if you are not going to continue to update your headshots or continue to have imagery of you that is relevant to who you are and what you look like in this moment, I would suggest getting rid of the headshot part and just having your you know, information. But I think it is a good step forward in letting people know a little bit more about you. And uh, it's just a quick like correlation to like what your content is and what your face looks like. Agreed. And if you haven't had professional headshots taken, maybe you've got like a team of people and you're just not ready to commit to a photographer or you're like, we need something quick and dirty. Um, you don't need to pay hundreds of dollars for a photographer for something, you know, temporary. So uh -huh. here are my tips for a shoot. And this does add to the professional on brand aspect of things. Number one, go take your picture outside. Don't do it under fluorescence. Don't do it against a white wall. It's very impersonal. Go outside. Stand in front of a tree. So don't do, and it's, the tree needs to have some some foliage on there. So don't go stand in front of like a tree in autumn. Sorry, guys, you missed your chance unless it's like a spruce or something. You want to go stand in front of a bright tree or a tree when it's sunny. Um, a lot of people like to stand in front of bricks. And I think bricks are just too dark and it starts to look like a university shot. It's like a forced professionalism. Um, put your iPhone or your Android mm -hmm. on portrait mode. And then, you know, send those pictures to yourself. And the next free tool is to open PFP Maker, which is profilepicturemaker.com. And, or it's just pfpmaker.com. And upload your image that you took. PFP Maker lets you remove the background um, or it lets you like swap out backgrounds. So if you want to put in like your brand colors or maybe it was a cloudy day and you want to swap it with a sunny day. You can put in the generic sunny day or whatever you want. Um, or you can put yourself against like a white background. Um, it is definitely a good tool for somebody starting out maybe like right out of college. Um, or maybe you're just your team has not gotten around to it. And you just asked everybody on your team, like, send me your best headshot. Um, but really, you should be going out and mm -hmm. having uniform shots with your team. So, you know get everybody on the same day be like hey we're all going out to the tree out front or we're, we, you know, we're taking a little walk during lunch we're getting this shot done uh get it be consistent because that is that is key for everything yeah i mean you can use your spouse too like i will make brian a photographer you already we already make them photographers on vacations they can do this um so Get your spouse to take photos of you in whatever background you see fit that is appropriate for your respective business and have them do that and go in and do some editing. Everybody is using Facetune or some type of application in order to help make it look a little bit more professional or enhanced. I've also seen people using, you know, AI generated 
uh, programs in order to create headshots for themselves. It is a cheap and effective way, although you are giving them consent to use your imagery in whichever ways they see fit and you cannot get out of those legal contracts. I know I read the terms, some of the terms and conditions, and I also did it and don't like the terms and conditions that I read. Uh, but you can also use cheap things like that that don't really cost that much. You could do it in a little free trial period. I think it gives you like a week or something like that. Take as many, you know, photos of yourself or as many AI generated photos of yourself as humanly possible and throw those into your headshot. As long as you can't see your hands or your belly button, because that <laughs> is real weird. Uh, my so, therapist, but you, yeah, my therapist, she just did some um, AI generated headshots because her daughter was like looking to have like a more professional email signature. So she's like, so I decided to try it out first. And I mean, she's got, you know, obviously kids who are older, if they're trying to get professional headshots and the AI made her look like she was prom queen. Like she looked like she was in high school. Yep. And she's like, I was like, these don't even look yep. like you. She's like, I know. So then that's why I was like, um, you need to use pfpmaker.com. Just like you can take your own yeah. picture. Yeah. And, you know, there are yeah. things like Facetune that will refine your picture. But I. And I, how do you feel about this? Like, I generally don't use them because I, I want to stay true to myself. Yeah. I think that depends on what you like and don't like about yourself. I think we live in a culture where everyone uses some type of enhancement to feel secure about themselves. I don't really care. If you feel like you look good with or without, then like it really, is, the world is your oyster. It's up to you. I use them sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, this feels too different from who I am that I'm not comfortable with this. Girl, you use um, these all the time on your Facebook stories. <laughs> I, yeah. So Facebook stories, you're going to catch me with something. I, look, y'all, I don't wear makeup. Okay. And I'm not going to. I, I mean, sometimes I do, but very rarely. I'm I'm a soap and water type of girl. Just soap and water, lotion, get out the door. I'm not doing anything fancy because that's just not my life. Um, you will catch me on uh, Instagram with a face uh, with some type of filter on and then it just converts over to Facebook. But um, so I do use them. But if I ever felt like, which this is a goal for me for next year, if I ever feel like I like the version of myself that I see with using an Instagram filter better than I like the version of myself without that, then oh, I stop using them. Because I think that that starts to play on like your psyche and I don't want to do that. Like I don't want to be detrimental to myself because I think that there is a more refined version. Same thing with AI. When I did the AI generated images, I was like, this doesn't look like me. This looks like a distant cousin but it doesn't look like me it's not reflective of who i am also it gave me like bigger boobs i don't need bigger <laughs> boobs okay i'm a triple d already yeah, thank I'm you never thank that. you for that <laughs> you wanted to give me something you could have given me a booty uh but you know we'll see each is all but i'm like there were things that it did like slim out my nose and like slim out my like puffy cheeks and stuff like that things i was like that was unnecessary but men deal these applications and they like a specific type of look so i understand why it happened i just don't care about that um, so I think that you can use Instagram filters or whatever else you want in order to enhance your photos if you want to. But I don't think that you should use that as a crutch about not feeling good about yourself. We are getting drastically hey, It's all about imposter syndrome. Here. Don't That's let right. filters make you feel like an imposter or don't let exactly. other people's filters look make how you feel look. like an imposter. Mm -hmm. Look. Look, look how you look. Somebody likes you. I let they there's a billion people on this planet, and somebody, at least one, likes it's, you. You it's just gotta probably find just the right your person, mommy. And that's it. 
<laughs> it might be even humble. Uh, my mom, but uh, she she liked me. Sometimes she like I, that is my daughter. I don't even know that girl. Um, but yes, yeah, so you can use those things to help enhance your your portfolio picture if that's what you so choose. Until you get to a place where you can afford to hire a photographer, and it doesn't even have to be someone who's expensive. You could go to, you know, a school and they have photography students. They can use those pieces in their portfolio. You can get with someone who's at the same level as you, and you can exchange services. Hey, I'm a designer. I make websites. I can build you a portfolio website. Can you take my picture? And you guys can use that as an exchange of services so that you don't have to pay for it. Yeah, I'm always down for a good trade. So to tie in the photography with the email signature um, and what I would need to do going forward with CCC, um, when you go to the HubSpot link, it's going to ask you for your logo and your profile picture. And I think you have an option to upload it. But what you should do is grab the URL off your website. Because have you ever received an email from somebody and it had um, like their logo at the bottom? And when you hit reply and they replied back to you, the logo wasn't there anymore. It was just like a box. It's because the source mm -hmm. URL is not there anymore. So because your profile picture and your logo are already up on your website and they're always going to be there. Um, when somebody was replying to you, the logo will stay there. Um, so when for CCC, what I'm going to do before I even get the logo or I'm sorry, the email signature is I'm going to upload this stuff to the website, even if our website's not up yet. And then I'm going to yeah. put that into, um, hubs the HubSpot signature maker. And then I'll, you know, copy and paste it out and put it into the mail. Now, the thing is when you do copy this over, it does have a line at the bottom that says, you know, made for by HubSpot. Just don't copy that line out. Nobody needs to know that you made it with HubSpot. Yeah. So uh, just delete that section out. But otherwise, I think it's a great tip. Mind your business, HubSpot. <laughs> just thinking about you. Uh, you've got enough branding. <laughs> we don't need you to be taking credit for stuff. Um, yeah, so do that. I didn't know the thing about your image. I certainly have had a broken like image and logo link on my thing. I just didn't feel like figuring it out. So I'm glad that you did that. Yeah, just upload the URL to your website or grab the URL from your website. The next free resource you can use to stay on brand is Canva. And as a designer, when Canva came out and I was so against it, I was like, this is not for designers. This is a design cheat. And I'm going to still use Illustrator and Photoshop. And then I was like, finally, I was like, let me just try it. And it is a game changer. I, I mean, if you're a designer and you're opening up Illustrator and Photoshop, like, your whole computer is going to just automatically go slow. Or at least mine does because I'm working on a 2014 and I can't justify upgrading yet. But um, don't worry, I'm going to get you. I'm a, I'm, it's the first business purchase, but one of the first ones I want to make after a first client. Um, so open Canva and let's get started with like just social media branding. Um, if you just type in the Canva search for something like LinkedIn banner. There are tons of free options. You don't need to have like the pro account. Um, you'll want to choose one that has the contact information on the right side. So I'm sure if you've gone to somebody's LinkedIn profile, um, they've got their picture. Obviously, it's on the left side. And then next to it, maybe they have like a little tagline and then maybe contact information. You want that information to be on the right. Otherwise, it'll get cut off by the profile picture in the mobile view. Um, so they're not necessarily going to like make it that way when you're searching, but that's just something to keep in mind. 
um, apply the same brand colors and fonts that you do everywhere else. So if you're using Poppins on your website, use Poppins on your uh, LinkedIn banner. Uh, some of the templates also have an area for you to upload a headshot. But if you already have a headshot um, as like a profile picture, you don't, don't do it again. It's redundant. And just avoid flowery, watercolor, um, colorful waves that aren't your brand. Because they have a lot of cutesy stuff. Um, but if you're doing this for like professionalism, just just reflect how the look of your website is. So you don't even necessarily need to have been the website designer. But if you have like you want to keep consistency, so and it doesn't have to be over the top. Just keep it simple and at least have your contact information. Can you? Um, I've never used Canva. Um, as everyone's here, I do things the difficult way, which are in design programs. It's not difficult. It's just normal. Uh, for me, at least. Can you transfer files to your client? So like you set up some social media engagement files, you're going to pass this work off to your client. Can you push this like template to them so that they can edit it and they can keep that branding consistent? I was just curious because I was like, one of the things that I saw this week was a designer talking about like how he structures um, uh, uh, residual income with clients about uh like offering monthly services retainers offering his monthly retainer he had like one option that was like i don't know five hundred dollars a month and it was like oh they get five instagram posts and if it was like the thousand dollar option they get five instagram posts and two blogs and da 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 and i was like hmm i wonder if at a point they were like hey we could do the instagram posts ourselves if you can push the template to them and then they can edit it from there yeah you do have the option to export the files over to a client i'm not sure the exact process because i haven't had to do it um but there's definitely a way to do it canva also has a lot of social media templates when you're making these posts um and it's important to not fall victim to using every cool looking template out there pick two or three apply your branding to them and use only them they have to make sense to your company so again like no watercolors if that's not your your style like if you're a very professional firm keep it professional but you know, like if you're a gym, go ahead, add that workout picture or, you know, like have something like that's a little stronger. Um, they have to make sense to your company. And an example of this would be like if you're an accounting firm, maybe you grab a template that is a phone reminder um, and it's got like a picture of that ping like with the reminder. Um, so you could just reuse this template maybe once a month and be like, reminder, W-2s are in the mail. Or reminder, today is the last day to file your taxes. Or reminder to check in with your bookkeeper for uh, the end of the first quarter. Um, they're they're periodic enough that people won't be bombarded with information, and um, they also provide valuable information for everyone, not just your clients. So you build your brand awareness just by sharing common industry knowledge. So find a couple of templates that make sense to your industry, and then see how you can use those to just share your knowledge i have to check out canva i mean i've definitely gone in there and like played for a second and then i'm like it's just easier for me to go into a design program and just like knock this out um although i will say i do think that the like templates are helpful i found it more troublesome to have to like change the colors or change the font and do all that stuff so i just give it a try. oh no i find it so much easier now especially for something like carousels um, which I use on LinkedIn all the time. It's just like a little slideshow and you can click through and grab like informational pieces. 
Um, I think if I had Illustrator or Photoshop open, it would take me ages to think of how to do a carousel. But you don't have to take it that seriously. And I think that's the thing about Canva is kind of reminds you like this requires time and this doesn't like just do it. You need to put something up. You don't need to think about it forever. You don't need to hire a designer to do this. Just get the information out there. The other thing on Canva is that you can download like this quick and dirty brand guidelines template where you can add all your fonts and color codes and logo styles. You download it and you can send this to your team members so they all have it and can adhere to it. There are a lot of companies out there that pretend like their branding is really secret. They don't want people to know what their colors are. Um, So this is something you can make really quick. It's going to take you, I mean, for me, it would take like 10 minutes or less. It might take somebody who's never used Canva, maybe an hour. But I swear, this is a resource that your team is going to be appreciative of um, because they're going to know what the hex codes are or what the color codes are for when they're in Microsoft or something. Speaking of sending something to your team, um, make sure your team has access to all the logo files and knows how to use them. There is a file extension cheat sheet on my website, and it pretty much explains the difference between PDF versus um, AI, which is the Illustrator file. Uh, PNG versus JPEG because having the incorrect file placed somewhere is going to lead to pixelation or color changes. So if you've got a logo file that is designated for print and you upload it to the web, the color is going to change. So some things are for CMYK, which is print. RGB is for web. So you need to know which one to use. So I have a cheat sheet that, like I said, it's on my website. It tells you who needs what file, what file is for what application. And if you're working with people who don't know and maybe they need to, they're like, oh, I want to add the logo to this Word document, then they should probably know which file to use. Yeah, it's a costly mistake to make if you send something to the printer. They usually check, but if they don't, we send them something that's RGB and it's supposed to be CMYK. There will be color differences. You will notice them. You will have a problem. The consistency won't be there. Um, so just double check, make sure everything is good. For CCC, what file are we uploading to our website? For websites, you want to go with the SVG. It's the pixel perfect version. Doesn't matter how it's sized. It's always going to be legit. And it's actually a really small file size as well. Just make sure you have all your fonts outlined. Your designer should have done this. Um, and you'll be good to go. The backup for that would be a PNG. But again, go SVG. And what about for like online contracts and proposals? So SVG is good for websites, but not every program like an online contract maker or like QuickBooks or whatever, they're not necessarily going to recognize an SVG. So for this one, go PNG. Uh, and make sure you have that transparent background. Some people, they forget to turn off the transparent background for the PNGs, which, you know, totally eliminates the need for a PNG because that's the whole point of it. So, um, but if you're working with a legit design agency, they will provide you with the PNG version with the transparent background. Yeah. And, and what about us? Oh, I was going to say, um, and for like work documents in Microsoft Word, um, you're going to want to use a JPEG. It's smaller file size than a PNG and you don't need to worry about that white background because you're putting it on a white background. And what about for some cool CCC swag? 
Um, for swag, go ahead and send your printer that PDF because it's going to be, again, the pixel perfect version and your printer will know what to do with it. You can even upload the PDF to Vistaprint. Like every professional printer is going to accept the PDF. If you upload a JPEG or a PNG, it's going to be pixelated. So just knowing which file to use can make a huge difference in your professionalism. And professionalism reflects on your brand. Um, a lot of this can be confusing. So if you're in a very established firm, you can designate somebody as your brand ambassador and they can hold on to these files. And uh, if somebody needs them, they can ping them and be like, hey, can I have a logo so I can put it in this Word document? And they'll be like, okay, here's the correct version. Instead of everyone trying to figure out like, oh, what am I supposed to do with this? And like, what's the size requirement? So having a brand ambassador is always good. But um, if you're going to ask somebody for the logo to put in a Word document, you should also have templates. Yeah. Uh, what we're calling brand ambassador can also be a brand designer. Um, they'd also be known as like a corporate identity designer and they design brand identities to suit new businesses. Uh, they do all of the redesigning, updating, all of that jazz. I always say that you should have one person doing this so that there's consistency across the board. If you have 12 designers designing the same thing, I promise you they will be slightly different. Just like if you have 12 engineers looking at the same thing, they will code it slightly differently. So you want to have one person who's in charge of the visual identity of your brand so that you can make sure that it's consistent no matter where it is. And everyone else is consumers of that visual identity. So they get provided assets that they can use for their respective purposes but you're going to follow your brand guide and you're going to follow the assets that have been provided to you. So when I worked at, cool. when I worked at Wells Fargo, we had a brand ambassador or like, you know, the whole marketing and branding department. And if you wanted access to the files, you had to take um, a brand ambassador exam and you had to show that you understood the Wells Fargo brand and message. And I mean, it was more than just like the colors and everything, but you know, it's you, the message and the, and everything um but yep. you had to pass this program i think once a year because of all the like constant brand updates and then you could have access to some of the file and make changes otherwise everything was kind of like on lockdown because they were that strict with their brand which i mean when you're a fortune 500 or fortune 50 fortune 10 company you need to have your <laughs> brand unlocked uh, same thing for me when I was at Politico. We regularly had to provide, you know, logo or branding assets to the marketing team, to the newspaper division, to news outlets and things like that. And uh, you send over your logo, but you also send over your brand book. And companies will also request to see the final asset before it goes anywhere. So before you're allowed to print their name on a paper and or do something with their thing. They want to see what their logo looks like in relation to the other logos that are there, in relation to the content that's there. Um, and they might have, you know, tweaks that you need to, you know, put in effect before they're comfortable with seeing you presenting their name or their information in a specific way. So brands are incredibly serious things uh, and you want them to be serious because you want your brand to be consistent no matter where people consume your content. Yeah, which brings me to the next point for, you know, rebranding is just to have consistent templates so you need to make sure that the logos are always aligned the same way in your word documents the fonts are always the same the headers and footers are consistent um 
And again, it's just like these very simple things that help you stay on brand. Your messaging is consistent. People know what to expect when they receive a letter from you or correspondence or they just see your brand. And I know it probably seems really silly, like, okay, Jessica, I get it. My logo is always in the top right. But it's just the consistency. If people, it's like the nuances. Um, so one of my first clients was um, my church, St. Ignatius. And they, at the time, did not have a logo. Their website was really old. And um, when I came on, I was like, hey, I'm going to help build a brand identity because this church is very, very active. They've got a ton of ministries. Every ministry had its own letterhead. It had its own little logo, its own little style. There was no consistent fonts. And I was like, I don't know if this information coming to me from this ministry was created on the fly and has approval from the parish or if it's like, I don't know if it's legit or not. Like, I don't know if it's approved or if it's not approved, if it's legit or not legit. So um, we went through, created a logo, created like different forms and templates that needed to be used. And now obviously it's a much stronger brand because of that. One of the reasons why we are reinforcing this idea that brand is important is because if you look at you know the major brands if you took the you know mcdonald's m off of their fry container you would still know that it's mcdonald's it's the color it is the uh like yellow print and the back of the fry containers it is all of these things that make up your brand it isn't necessarily just the arches for the logo that you see if you saw this asset, you would correlate that to McDonald's. Same thing with Coca-Cola. If you took the name Coca-Cola off of the can, it's still, you know, the shape of the can. It's still the color. It's still the environment in which you see it. All of the assets that are around it, the environment that something resides in is a part of your branding. So it isn't necessarily just this one piece of uh, collateral it is the whole thing. It is how you talk about Coca-Cola. It's the circles that you know that they're involved in. If you heard that Coca-Cola had a partnership with, I don't know, what's a ridiculous company that Coca-Cola could have a partnership with? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> Why is it so difficult to think of this on the fly? Pledge I'm cleaning not. solution. Yes. If you heard that those two companies had some type of like like brand assets, you'd be like, I don't even know what that looks like. I don't even know why they would work with them. It's so outside of the realm of who they are as a business. But if you heard that Coca-Cola and Disney were coming out with like a Disney themed Coca-Cola, like that would make sense to you. So it's not just about like the one asset. It's about how people think about your brand long term outside of the context of a physical product outside of the context of your website, outside of all of these other assets that you have to get them to consume in order for them to purchase your product or service. It is about the holistic identity of who, you know, your this this brand is. Uh, so think about that when you're thinking about branding in general and how you can use all of these free assets in order to reinforce your brand. Yeah, I mean, I just want to go back to that McDonald's fry container, for example, because if that <laughs> container was yellow... I would have no clue where yeah. those fries came from. Exactly. And even like the shape of the package, it's the same no matter where you go. So just <laughs> imagine, for example, that you have multiple offices or even just like multiple people working for your company. And instead of fries, 
that they're giving to their customers, they're sending out emails. And you're like, okay, wait, this person's email is different from this person's. Like, what are they doing over there? Like, I don't know. It's the littlest, tiniest things. Just having that consistency, people know what to expect. Yeah. Um, Because I was like, think about the reaction that people had when Sonic the Hedgehog, like, first came out and they, like, saw the teeth and stuff like that they were like this isn't sonic the hedgehog i'm sorry but you got it wrong and they had to redo the entire production of that movie and change the main character because there was such a strong correlation to like the identity of that person and the reaction that they got from the audience segment who had grown up playing sonic the hedgehog and i played the games and da 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 uh like it just it didn't fit and they had to redo it and reestablish what that looks like now people in this generation they don't really it didn't make sense to them maybe but for people who consistently have been a part of like that storyline um yeah sonic the hedgehog is so random for me <laughs> yeah. but it's still it's brand- so random it's still random. I, I typed a note on the screen i was like sonic is yes. so random <laughs> but it's how my brain works guys it's how it all comes together in one mind but yes it's still it's still a form of branding and it's there's still associations made so yeah Oh. Get your branding together. Okay. You're going to appreciate this last one, Monique. The last way and most important way to stay on brand is to use a consistent voice and to know your audience. If you speak to a different person every time you publish material, you will never establish a brand. So I don't care if you're using Canva and you're using the same template every time. If you're talking to everybody and you're going out talking to like, oh, I'm I'm working with CEOs. And then the next day, oh, I'm working with project managers. And the next day, oh, I'm just working with the designers. Like there is no clear voice. So I don't know who your brand is for. Agreed. Uh, it makes a world of difference. Like there are some, I pretty consistently don't read emails. I'm just going to tell you the truth. Uh, but uh, there are a couple of companies that I filed, signed up for their like newsletters or like their free somethings and they send me emails tomorrow. And I was telling Jessica, like, as we start this new venture, that's a tone in which I want our business to ride under and to thrive under. It's like, it's a very conversational tone. It feels like there's friendship. There feels like there's like, it, it feels happy to me. I'm happy to read one of their emails. I'm happy to ingest their content. Every single piece, probably not. But like the first couple of emails that I got made me feel like I was a part of something. And I think that that's important for you to do with your audience segment and whoever you're talking to is to reinforce the tone. So if you, you know, are a mean person and you pretend <laughs> to be a great person or not even because it's not having anything to do. Like you, you're just someone who's like very, you're just someone who's like very not like out there you just like to say to yourself but you portray a brand that is completely opposite to your natural personality people will see that it will come through and how you know you're working with people will come through and how they're ingesting your content and they will be like this feels not authentic to me they won't understand why but when they meet you in person they'll be able to say like this is not consistent with like who this person is. This is giving me the ploy they put on. This is giving me huge imposter vibes right now. You got me thinking I'm, like, am I coming off as fake? Am I an imposter? I don't know what no. I'm doing. No, you know what you're doing. But I, but I will say I've had people say like the person that you are online and the person that you are in person are wildly different people like me. 
the person you portray online and the person that you are in person are different. I was like, online, I'm pretty reserved. I'm to myself. I just be doing my own thing. Sometimes I talk to people, but the majority of the time I don't. If you meet me in person, I think I'm a little bit more animated. Oh, see, I know you. So I think you're animated all the time. Yeah. That's, uh, the, blessing. That's the blessing of knowing Monique. I know. You get to be a part of the foolishness with me. You get this energy all the time. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, guys, those are just a couple free... I mean, it's almost like it doesn't even feel like real ways to stay on brand. But if you're just starting out, go ahead, get that URL, get that professional email, get the professional email signature, polish off your social media, maybe make a couple of social media templates and establish your your audience that you got to do that from the get go. If you don't have your audience, none of this will make sense at the end. And just remember that having your logo on everything is not branding. Anything else to say for this episode, Monique? Nope, I'm hungry. <laughs> Plus, <please. laughs> I, I'm going to end all of our episodes with some type of sarcastic. I mark. think and you've usually said, I'm hungry. Yeah, I think you've said several times now that you were hungry on like the I'm closing. I'm always hungry. Guys. If you want me to be your friend, you should feed me. I think I will you, certainly. I think on one episode you were like, "There's Chick Fil A next to me." Like, there's always. <laughs> Food involved. I'm hungry all the time. Okay, guys. <laughs> I need food to live. Okay. And right. I'm eating and going to work out so I can eat more. Listen. Sorry, Mickey. That's my trainer. I'm like in a stress mode right now. So I've just been binging cookies and cake. Okay. I just had a birthday. You just had a birthday for Love Missouri. It. I just had a birthday for Finn. I've been eating all that cake. There's one slice left. Love. It's for the neighbor. And every time I open the fridge and I see that slice of cake. I didn't eat one piece of cake at Zuri's birthday. I'm so upset about that. I didn't have one dessert. I didn't have one anything. Like I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off and just trying to get everything settled and make sure everyone is like comfortable. I didn't eat one piece of cake. Okay. Well, go work out and then make yourself a whole cake or be like me and don't work out and just eat all the cake. Whatever lifestyle you choose, be true to you. Yeah, I'm going to go make brownies. That's what I want right now. All right, right, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. As we wrap up our captivating journey on today's episode of Design Imposter, we want to leave you with an empowering message. Self-doubt may be a universal experience, but it should never define your worth or potential. Embrace the power of your unique voice, trust in your intuition and abilities, and continue creating fearlessly. Remember, you belong in this space and your contributions are immensely valuable. Know that you are never alone on this journey. We stand by your side, ready to support and celebrate you and your business every step of the way. Thank you for joining us today and being an essential part of the Design Imposter community. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us at Design Imposter Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and leave a review to help other imposters find us. Until we meet again, keep those headphones ready.